Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Man, it's so good to see so many people here this morning. This is awesome. Mike and Tyler, are you ready? That's right, you can put your hands together. Let me read a scripture verse from Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Do we have any children of God here today? We should all be raising our hands right now, right? We are all a child of love. We're going to sing this song this morning.
transition here. Mike is going to jump on the guitar here. We're going to sing a song that I believe that Adrian and Aaron and Tyler introduced maybe over a year ago now called the song Rattle. And Mike's got a cool introduction we're going to play here. But the message of this song is so powerful. God is in the business of bringing dead things to life. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Yes. That God brings us life. Dead bones are coming back to life. And we're those dead bones, and God is bringing life to each one of us. So, Mike, whenever you are set, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise making dead man walk again. 
for this opportunity to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Pastor Eric. Well, good morning. Woo, look at all these good-looking people here today. Is anybody excited about being here? Oh, a couple of you are. That's all right. In a little bit, there'll be more when we start feeding you food and we get into our uh, our cornhole tournament. There's still room for you to play. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the tournament, uh, Jeremy is the person you need to see. Is he, where's he at? Right there, the guy on electric guitar. That's the guy you need to see. He's running our tournament today. We'd love for you to participate in that. I'm excited for all the great things that are going to be happening today, the relationships that'll be forged. And I know a lot of people have asked me already. Uh, we had a new addition to our family over the summer. And yes, Skipper will make an appearance at the church picnic after the service, so you'll get to meet our new dog as well today. I also know that it's the Fader family reunion this weekend. If you're here from the Fader family reunion, let's see some hands. All right, there's a couple people. That's good. All right, I'm expecting a little more out of you today, interaction-wise, so just so you know. Uh, but my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor. I'm super excited that you're here today, preaching under the big top today. Wow, I can't imagine spending my Sunday doing anything better than this. Uh, I'm so excited to get into God's Word today. Does anybody else want to get into God's Word? Yeah. Well, let's pray and let's do that. God, we thank you for the opportunity 
God, to gather together as a family today. And Lord, to hear a word from you, to be challenged in our spirit, in our mind. God, what you want to speak to us, what you want to produce in us. Lord, I believe there's good fruit that's to be produced today. And Lord, we thank you that you're here to meet with us. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to jump into a conversation between God and Moses. It's found in the first few chapters in Exodus. We're going to actually be in Exodus chapter... uh, It's good if I would have wrote the chapter. I believe it's chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, but I do have it in my notes, so we're going to be okay. Uh, This conversation is going on between God and Moses, and we're not going to go through the whole conversation because uh, it's pretty lengthy, and I know that we have a family reunion that some people would like to get to today. But this conversation between God and Moses is so important because God is speaking to Moses about going back to Egypt, this place that he had fleed. He's speaking to him about being his spokesperson and being the person that helps release his people out of the bond of of Egypt and to go in to the promised land. But Moses has some serious doubts. He's got some serious doubts, and not necessarily on God. It's not that he's doubting God. It's that he doubts himself. And I think we can relate to that. Especially if you grew up in the church, we've heard the promises of God. We've heard the commands of God. We're familiar with the word, and hopefully we're familiar with the voice of God. And God will show up, and he will speak to us. But sometimes when he speaks, there's doubts, and it's not on the end of God. We believe God can do great, huge, amazing things. It's can God do those things through me is where the doubt starts to come from. So we've got Moses, and he is the king of excuses, and he's the king of what ifs. But we do the exact same things. Almost all of our what-if scenarios that we place in our life are to the negative. Well, well, what if this happens? What what if we plan a church picnic and nobody comes? What What if we set up all these tables and nobody's here? And I know those are silly illustrations, but you know what I'm talking about. What if when I go to the doctor, the diagnosis is bad? What if when I show up at at, at my new job, what if it doesn't work out? What if I can't bring reconciliation to an issue in my life? We all have what ifs that we talk about in our mind, that we think about. But here's what I know. That no matter what what ifs we face, God always has a plan. God always has a plan for the what ifs. And our church church should definitely know about that after the last year and a half. No matter what we face, no matter what happens, no matter what the obstacle ahead of us, we know this, God longs for the gospel message to move forward and to be shared in our community. Not just in the pews, not just in the building, If one thing has happened for me out of this, I love preaching outside. I love the opportunity for our worship to just ruminate over our community. I believe it's a powerful thing. 
I, I feel like over the last year and a half, in some ways, when we've launched and, and worshipped the way we have, I believe it can change the atmosphere over our community. And who knows whose heart God's Spirit is reaching out and touching today that maybe can hear in the distance what's happening today. God always has a plan, no matter the what-ifs that we face. Sometimes God allows the unmovable mountain in our life, and we always like to pray, God, move the mountain from us. And there's a scripture that goes along with that. We just talked about it last week, that we're to have faith, and, and the unmovable mountain can be plucked away sometimes. But sometimes God allows the unmovable mountain to stay right where it is, not for us to pray that the mountain might be moved, but so that the church might pray that we move, that we move forward. An interesting thing about Moses here is the things that he would face going back to Egypt, God never removed them from him. But God gave him the tools to overcome the obstacles ahead of him. And that's where we're picking up in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Moses answered, What if they do not, here's the what if, what if they do not believe me or listen to me or say the Lord did not appear to you? What if they don't believe? What if they don't believe that you're the one sending me, that, that you've got a vision and a plan for your people? It's interesting that God's response to Moses on what or how they will, will know that, they, that you're from me is what Moses would have to put down and what he would have to pick up with his hands. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, What is it that's in your hand? A staff, he replied. So if you were with us last week, I shared with you that Jesus calls us sheep. And sheep sometimes bite. And that's why shepherds carry a big stick. So in case any of you bite today, I'm prepared. All right? So just so you know. But why did, why did God ask Moses what this was in his hand? Did God not realize what this wooden stick was for? What it was called? Surely not. There's a very special reason why, why that question was asked. Why would God waste time asking him a question instead of just telling him, the staff in your hand and what to do with it. He asked a question of Moses. And that's because he wanted Moses to do an inventory of what he was holding on to. You can check this morning. Most of you have two hands. Does anybody have more than two? Because that would be very cool. I'd want to see that if that's <laughs> available. No? All right. So at the maximum... In this tent, we've, all of us only have two hands. That means we can only hold on to so much. As followers of Jesus, we, we need to take inventory of our lives often. What is it that's in our hands? What is it that's in our heart? What's in, it, what's in our minds? What are we holding on to? What is it that we have already? What are you holding on to spiritually, emotionally, and mentally this morning? But you can only carry so much. When your life is full and you want to pick up something new, you have to have a place to put it. 
And oftentimes it means that we'll need to set something down. You might look at this wood stick and think it's insignificant. You'd be right. I mean, think about what God was going to ask Moses to do here. To go back to Egypt. To have a message from God to say, let my people go. Let's put that into modern day terms. That would be like me sending you over to Afghanistan right now and telling the Taliban to let their people go with a wood stick. I mean, really, that's what's happening. It seems insignificant. But I want to tell you the things in your life that seem insignificant, God can do great things with. The things that you look at and go, you know what, that's not much. That's not anything. Maybe even the things that you look at in your life that you consider a deficit. One of the things that I'm sure Moses used his stick for was to get around on these rocky areas. He used it as a walking stick, a crutch almost. Maybe the very thing in your life you think is a crutch in your life is the very thing that God's going to turn around and produce fruit through your life in. The very diagnosis that you have that you think holds you back might be the very thing that God uses to propel you forward and to touch somebody else's life. There was this old skit. Some of you remember Saturday Night Live, and they, these two guys would come out. This is like in the 90s. These two guys would come out, and they would do their best Arnold and Schwarzenegger uh, impression. And they'd come out, and I think it was Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. And they would come out, and they'd say, we're here to pump you up. And a couple of our pastors at the church I served at at the time, every once in a while, they would dress up as Hans and Franz, and they would come out. And they were, they were the pastors on staff, and they were there to spiritually pump you up, right? And I remember one skit specifically that they did. And they, they would come out, and they'd, they'd say, we pick things up, and we put some down. We pick things up, and we put some down. I know, I'm a horrible Austrian accent. I'm sorry. But you know what? As Christians, that's something that we ought to be really good at doing. There's a pattern for us that we see in this passage. Jesus is going to ask us to put things down and to pick things up in our life. And it's going to happen all the time. Verse 3, the Lord said, throw, on the ground, throw it on the ground, talking about the staff, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, it became a snake, and he ran from it. Now, if I threw this down on the ground, it became a snake. Everybody in here, this tent is getting saved today. <laughs> there is no question. But here's the interesting thing. When we first came to Jesus, it required us laying down a part of ourselves to pick up the life Jesus had for us. But that's just where it starts. Every moment after that, Jesus will constantly be asking you to let things go and to pick things up. Sure, Jesus will ask you to lay down things in your life that are bad for you, sin in your life, absolutely, but Jesus will also, also command you to let go of things that are good things. At times, he will even command you to let go of godly things because some things are just for a season. 
I got to thinking about the fact that when he threw this down, it became a snake. Sometimes God asks us to release things from our hands before they bite us in our keister. Sometimes God is moving in ways that we don't understand. And we're thinking, man, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. I don't, I don't want to let this go. I don't want to leave. I don't want to move. But God sees things that you and I can never see. I remember at one point, my wife and I had applied for a position in Colorado. This church was so excited for us. They were like, look, we're not even sure that we need to have you guys come out and visit. We're ready to hire you on the spot for this position. We had talked several times on the phone. It was looking good. We were setting out for, to come out for a visit. And they called me the week, just a couple weeks before we were leaving. And they said, look, we don't know how to tell you this, but we were praying. And God told us we could not bring you on our staff. And we had all sorts of thoughts run through our heads, like, I guess you didn't really want us, you know, all sorts of things going on. Six months later, that church closed its doors. Sometimes God sees things that we don't see. Could you imagine moving out, taking a position at a church, and then the church closes? Thank goodness God knows what he's doing with our lives. God will ask you to lay things down. And if you think God would never ask me to lay down something godly, think about this for a moment. When we take this this, this event that's going, that's happening between God and Moses, we jump forward in the future just a little bit. We come to a point where God's people were being rescued out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land, and God's people were hungry. And one of the things God did was provide manna, right? Life cereal that would show up on the ground in the morning. At least that's what I think it is. You can laugh at that. That's okay. That was a joke. I know it's not great, but you can laugh a little bit and make me feel okay. And here was the thing. You could only hold on to the manna for a day because after that it got rotten. Sometimes what God gives us is for a season. We've got to be willing to let it go. So often the Christian grip is far too tight on the things that God wants to have in and out of our life. How many of you have ever said, I want to do something awesome and big and huge and amazing for God? Have you ever said that? Great, two people in this room have. You guys are doing better than me. I used to dream about doing something big for God. But do you know what I dream about now? Just being obedient to the voice of God. You think of every big, huge, amazing thing that happened in the Bible, it was because somebody was obedient to the voice of the Lord. Is God able to speak into your life this morning? and be able to say to you, let go of something, or to pick something up. Tomorrow's a big day for two people in this room. Lisa and Hiro, tomorrow's a huge day for you. No, I'm just kidding. It is a big day for you. But for Adrian and Hannah, could you guys stand up really quick? These guys are getting married tomorrow. <laughs> guys, tomorrow... God is going to ask you to lay down some things so that you can pick up some new things together. It's going to be an amazing day, and I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. For the rest of us this morning, what is God asking you to put down? 
Moses threw his staff on the ground and it turned to a snake and then he ran from it. Moses ran from the, from the snake. Then verse 4 says, Then the Lord said to him, Reach out with your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took it, hold of it, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. And somehow I think there was slightly a little more drama in this passage. I mean, he threw the staff down, it turned to a snake, and he ran. He was halfway down the mountain when God was telling him to pick it back up. Moses did not want to pick up the staff. It wasn't something that he wanted to do. He didn't want to pick up that snake. But he was obedient to the Lord. And sometimes the things that we pick up, they're not going to be the things that we desire to pick up in our life. The person that Jesus might be asking you to reach out to in your community, at your workplace, your neighbor, you might go, well, we don't get along. We, we think differently. We have different values. But if Jesus is asking you to do it, will you be obedient? Sometimes God will ask you to pick up things that are scary, pick up things that are slimy, pick up things that are crazy. He'll ask you to pick things up in your mind that don't make sense. But are you willing to be obedient? Thank you. Awesome. Come on. You can say that louder. Who said yes? Go, say that louder. Yes, come on. You're welcome in church any day, buddy, all right? We need to pick up the things God asks us to pick up. But to be able to do that, church, we've got to have free hands to be able to do it. Football season's about to start. Worship team, if you want to come back, I'm getting ready to close here. Football season's about to start. And we've got Aaron Rodgers back, whether you like that or not. I think he's going to be our guy this year. Could you imagine for a moment if every Packers game, if every receiver and tight end and running back had to run down the field with a UPS package, like Robbie showed up at the game and he's like, you guys got to carry this package the entire time. And then when Aaron goes to throw, how in the world can they catch the ball? How can they receive it if their hands are already full? God might have something brand new for you today, brand new for this season in your life. He's excited to give it to you. He's excited to pour into your life. But if your hands are full, if you're already carrying all the stuff that God's asked you to put down, there's no room for the new things God wants to do and put in your life. Let me give you one example of this. At a church that my wife and I served at, not here, there was a big family. They had like eight kids. Their oldest daughter had gone on a missions trip. On that trip, their daughter passed away. I believe it was a car accident. It devastated this family. And a lot of you can relate. We've had death in our life. We've had loss of loved ones. You have to walk through the seasons of grief. But as time went on for this family, and, and they did all sorts of amazing things to honor their daughter, and they set up this, this missions, missions endeavors using their, in, in their daughter's memory, and, and, and they had these different campaigns and events that would go on, and it was great. But here's one of the things I noticed about this family. Years had now passed from their daughter's death. But over the years, mom and dad held too closely to the memory of their daughter 
and seven kids were hurting because they were not getting the attention that they needed in their life. Several of these kids grew up in our ministry. And they would tell me, I can't possibly live up to the shadow of my sister. I remember what she was like. She was just like me, but her memory seems so much bigger. How can I ever live up to that? How can my mom and dad ever love me as much as they love my sister? I'm not saying that mom and dad should have forgotten about the daughter that died. But they held so close to the memory, they were missing out on a greater opportunity to pour into their other seven children. Sometimes we need to do the heart work. We need to open our spiritual ears and hear what God is asking us to put down and to pick up. Note this, Moses only picked up the snake because God asked him to. Moses didn't desire to do it until God told him. Church, don't go around just picking up things because you want to pick them up. Pick up the things in your life God asks you to pick up. There's only so much space. So if God is asking you to pick something up, there's a good chance that he's asking you to let something go. One of the things I learned over this season going on sabbatical was there's only so much I'm supposed to carry. I gotta let some things go. Because if I don't, it's gonna mess up my relationship with my daughter, mess up my relationship with my wife, it's gonna mess up my relationship with you, and I can't possibly lead effectively the way that I'm supposed to. If that message is true for me, I know it's true for you as well. I'd like to pray for you this morning about the three areas that we've talked about. Would you stand to your feet? If you're here this morning or you're watching online later today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, that's the greatest thing that you could walk away with today. I want to give you the opportunity to grab a hold of that relationship with Jesus. The way we do that is we say, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm messed up. I've got all sorts of issues in my life. We call that those issues sin. The fact that we have sin in our life makes us a sinner, and that means we need a Savior, and that's Jesus. And he's extending a hand out to you today, calling you into a relationship to himself. So let's pray for that first. Lord, I am far from perfect. I am broken. I've got issues. I'm in need of a Savior in my life. Jesus, I believe today I'm proclaiming with my mouth, with my heart, and with my mind that Jesus, you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, that you rose again. And I want to have a relationship with you. Would you come into my life? Would you change things? Would you begin to speak to me about the things I need to set down and things I need to pick up? Lord, as we pray about these three areas in our life this morning, God, it's so important for us to take inventory of our life. Lord, sometimes we can just choose all the good, big things in our life, but Lord, you want us to take inventory of the good and the bad, of the big and the small. 
Because God, sometimes you use the insignificant. Sometimes you use the things that have hurt us. Sometimes you use the things that are deficits in our life to do amazing, huge things and produce amazing fruit in our life. So help us, God, to take an inventory of what we have in our life. Lord, help us to have the courage. God, when you ask us to set something down, when you ask us to give something up, God, to be able to have the strength, the courage to be obedient to you and to let go even when it's difficult. And God, we pray this morning. God, there is no doubt as we move forward as a church, as individuals, as families, as married couples, as single individuals, that God, you're going to ask us to pick things up in our life. God, help us. Help us to manage our life well so that when you ask us to pick something up, there's room, there's open hands to receive the mission and the purpose you have for us. We give you praise, glory, and honor today. If you found this word encouraging to your heart today, would you say amen? Well, I think we should close in worship. I'll come back and give some direction and a closing prayer. But Robbie and our worship team, would you lead us once again in two more songs this morning? This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my
Well, I hope you've enjoyed our church service today. Has anybody enjoyed it? Well, we got a couple things that we want to run by really quick. Uh, ties and offerings today. If you have uh, an offering that you'd like to give, we'll pray over that and the meal here in just a moment. You can come up and just put it in this box. We'll have it up here up front, probably right behind where I'm standing now. You can just drop your offering in there. Um, I want to thank everybody that came and worked so hard to make this weekend a reality. Let's thank our worship team because they've done a great job coming up early. We had a setup crew that's been working for days. Let's give it up for them. Our great team that's been working in the kitchen. Uh, and then also um, our sound and tech guys. Let's give it up for those guys. So a couple of quick things before we pray. Uh, after we pray and we're dismissed, if you could help us bring out the rest of the food, if there's a few people that would help us do that, that would be great. We can probably get eating in, in probably the next 10 minutes, which would be awesome. Uh, also, Jeremy, he's going to come over here to this table right here. And if you want to be part of the Cornhole Tournament, we want to get you signed up. We have at least three slots available for three more teams. That would give us a full 16. We can take more, but we'd like to have at least 16 teams play. That makes it nice and fair. And so if you want to be a part of that, come make sure, sign up with him. Even if you signed up early, make sure your name's on that sheet. That would be great. Uh, I think I've covered everything. If not, somebody else will come back up here and give more direction. Somebody will give direction once the food is ready, how to go through the lines. But Robin, would you pray over our offering and would you pray over the meal today? Lord, thank you for our church family. Thank you for the opportunity we have to spend time with each other. Thank you for the food that has been provided for us here. Thank you for all the good things that you are doing in our lives. And God, thank you for the opportunity to give of our tithes and offerings. Thank you for how you are supplying this church. God, you're not done. You've got greater things in store for us. We just give you thanks and praise and glory and honor 
for all that you are doing and that you will continue to do as we connect, grow, and go. Thank you, God, for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. As you're going, we're going to play this song, My Testimony. Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This 
is my testimony. This is my testimony. 